Operation Diligent Valor and Indefinite Detention. This is the Federal Chronicles radio show for August 1st, 2020. Recorded on July 23rd, Jason Cousineau and I, Eric Render Kingfisk, discuss the assassination attempt that went horribly wrong on a federal judge assigned to a case involving Jeffrey Epstein's Deutsche Bank account. Meanwhile, another judge rules for unsealing and releasing court documents from a previous civil defamation lawsuit between Ghislaine Maxwell and Virginia Gouffre. Federal agents allegedly abduct and detain protesters in Portland, Oregon, thanks to an Obama-era Defense Authorization Act slash infinite detention law. Which brings the conversation to a letter sent to the Fedora Chronicles HQ about how the deep state is exploiting and profiting from the chaos throughout the United States and the rest of the Western world. But first, Jay and I talk about the prospect of getting the Fedora Chronicles radio show on the air via a local AM FM radio station, and we debate what would be the point of that. The Fedora Chronicles is brought to you by our patrons on patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to new episodes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show with show notes, a peek behind the scenes, and more. Zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles is where you can purchase t-shirts, coffee mugs, and more with our logo and slogans right on them. 12.5% of every sale goes directly into keeping this podcast and our website on the air. This is the Fedora Chronicles radio show with pop culture and current events through the perspective of classic film snobs and diesel punks with topics ranging from true crime, government conspiracies and cover-ups, and the paranormal. You can now listen to our podcast on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Player FM, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Google Play on Android devices. If your favorite podcast service doesn't have the Fedora Chronicles radio show on it, let us know and we'll fix it right away. Once again, this is Jay Cousineau and I, Eric Render Kingfisk. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Just so our listeners know, I'm Eric Render Kingfisk, um, um, host, webmaster, chief bottle washer, um, valet for the Fedora Chronicles. And on the other side of the country in Utah is my good friend, Jason Cousineau, um, who I'm actually closer to you than um, uh, my own brother, um, Jay. Uh, I talk to you more often than, than I do my own brother. But I haven't spoken to my own brother in almost three years now. So, or yeah, for me, it's been six months since I spoke to my brother. So, and I'm, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and I'm 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 also enjoying a a a nice hot fresh beverage from my coffee mug from Zazzle.com with a, the Fedora Chronicles logo right on it. So, and uh, you can buy yours and help support the show and show the rest of the world how cool you are. I don't know why I felt like doing that commercial right there. And then, um, so one of the things that I had actually spoken to somebody about the podcast is how much they actually enjoy the kind of like behind the scenes, like what's going on in the world of Eric and Jay before we actually get into it. And and this time, this time I have a strange story to tell about the, the Fedora Chronicles radio show. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure where I want to go first. Mm-hmm. Do I want to talk about the mysterious mail or do I want to talk about the, the bizarre close encounter of the AM radio kind? Let's start with the bizarre close encounter of the AM radio kind. Okay. 
So the thing is, is that here in southern New Hampshire, by the way, your signal sounds fantastic today. I, I, I well, I'm the only one using my internet. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, hold on. The kids, the kids are at the house. I'm the only one at the apartment right now. <laughs> here, I, I know it's going to be tough for you to swing, but I need you to yeah. keep that. I need you to keep that apartment as a recording studio. <laughs> Well, I I have the apartment until the end of August because of the it's a sixty day uh, advance notice for leaving. Right, and I didn't know that. And from the time I looked at the apartment until today has been like thirty four days. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll send you a couple of bucks to help you with 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 the rent if I can. Um, <laughs> God, would that not be awesome if you can actually leave the house and go and record the podcast? <laughs> So the thing is, is that and this and it's all up to you, listeners. You can do it. You Patreon. can absolutely. <laughs> um, and for a hundred dollars a month, you can actually sit here in the room with us while we record the podcast. You have to make your own travel arrangements, but for a hundred dollars a month, I'm actually going to add that to the Patreon and see if any anybody takes us up on it. <laughs> God. So anyway. Kind of three things, three, three, count them, three weird things going on behind the scenes of the Fedora Chronicles radio show that has everything to do with the recording of the podcast. And it's kind of meta. I'm talking about the behind the scenes and it's actually part of the show. Um, huge, and I put this in air quotes, huge controversy. An AM radio show host was fired for making, and I'm going to put air quotes, racist remarks. And to avoid that I don't get sued or I don't get called on the carpet or anything like that, because I might be misconstruing this. What this woman did to get fired, I, I understand why she did what she did, but I don't condone it. I'm not saying that she's a good person. I'm not saying that what she did is excusable. I understand it. I understand her frustration and her outrage. And I understand where her outburst came from. And I understand why she was, quote, fired. And I use, quote, fired in air quotes. Because this it's, it's part of the bizarre nature of, of the story. So I, and I reached out to, these, to the um, station manager. And I said, listen, I understand you just fired this radio show host for what she did. I'm wondering if you're looking for a fill-in host for her time slot. And I, 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 I took a shot in the dark, Jay. I yeah. just, I just, I, it's a, you know, why not? Why not? And I, and I, I it was a, a brief little letter. It was more like a text. And it says, the, my, I'm, uh, my name is Eric Fisk. I do a podcast. I do, um, um, I, I, it's at least once a week, we do news of the week and then I do other stuff like Art Bell used to do. Um, and then I do kind of like a true crime show and I'm not doing this text that I wrote justice cause it was, it was really good. And I said, I would, I would love to just be a fill in host for a day or a, a slot until you find a permanent host and let's see, let's just see what happens. And I didn't expect them to get back to me, Jay. Mm-hmm. Can you come and visit us July 22nd at 4.30? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. All right. Now, let's just let's just keep in mind, I did not bother to look at their webpage and look okay. at the other other pages. I just saw their homepage. I thought, I, I, I got to go. I got to go. I got to see these people. I got to visit these people. 
they did not have a host on Friday nights and Saturday nights, Art Bell's usual time when he used to do the show, which is like, what, 9 p.m. your time. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, one of the things that I had said is like, I'd also like to be able to do an Art Bell style paranormal show. That's one of the things that's one of the things that I was bringing to the table, because if the, if this af- Saturday afternoon slot didn't work out, we have these other I, I have these other ideas. Basically, just do the Fedora Chronicles radio show for a local radio audience. It doesn't even have to be the Fedora Chronicles radio show. It could be the Eric Fisk show for all you care. Doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like so I got to the location and it's it's in one of the biggest cities in southern New Hampshire. I'll leave it at that. Okay. And it's in a very seedy part of one of the few cities here <laughs> in um it's one of those cities that like 60, 70 years ago was like an up and coming city and then everything kind of fizzled. Exactly. And 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 also it it kind of has this I mean, as of now, as of today, it kind of has a um, AMC's Walking Dead spinoff show vibe to it mm-hmm. because of COVID, not because of anything that they've done. And so I kind of go to the front door and the front door says, hey, if the door is locked between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m., ring the bell. I, I got I got. So I thought that was kind of odd. Go in, climb these huge marble stairs, the staircase to what is essentially a closet in this. It's not it's not an office building. It's a utility. It's a, it's. It's it's just this it's just this monolithic building that's just out in the middle of Main Street in this southern town in New Hampshire. And it's like and I'm sitting in the lobby and I'm sitting and I'm sitting and I'm sitting. Finally somebody comes and gets me, "Hey, you must be Eric Fisk, blah 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 blah." And I and and basically gives me the rundown of this. Basically, what I would be doing is I would be doing my own marketing, my own promotions, my own producing the show, meaning lining up guests. Mm-hmm. And I'd also be, be paying or brokering for my time slot. Also, but oh, I forgot. I have to get all of my own advertising. So it's like the Fedora Chronicles, what we do on the podcast, except you'd go into a professional studio and pay for the privilege. I have better equipment than they do. <laughs> okay, so privilege here is in quotes. Then. <laughs> privilege. It, ba- basically, I would be renting the... The, the broadcasting space, the broadcasting booth. Yeah. And I would you're be... Just, you're renting their airspace. That's rent, all. I'm renting their airspace. That's exactly it. And the thing is, is that rather than hire... Um, waiting for that buzz to go away. The back of the truck. R- rather, rather than hire hosts to do their show, what they would rather do is have you do all the work and then you pay them a flat fee. So no matter how much you do, you find your own advertisers and you and you do your own show. You're, you're basically and I could hire as many people as I want, but that's money that's coming out of my pocket. Yeah, you, and, you're the one that's put taking on all of the risk and everything. Right. And reward. Right. And basically, I would be doing the Fedora Chronicles radio show. All the work that I do for the Fedora Chronicles radio show have an extra bill every month but have the privilege of broadcasting in southern new hampshire on an am radio station and a limited power fm station Hmm. but but i did get some other great advice about or tasks or chores that i need to do to get us to the next level Uh and the thing is I'm, i'm standing there and i'm looking at this guy and i'm thinking to myself shit i really don't need you do i i can do all of this all by myself So it was 
the experience was good in that you you learned things but it's not necessarily a path you're going to take in terms of getting there. Well, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. The offer is still on the table mm-hmm. for a couple of hundred dollars an hour, I think, depending on the time. For a couple of hundred dollars an hour, we could do a live show on AM radio for everybody in the region to listen to. But the question is, oh, and by the way, any advertising that I would do, I would have to put their logo on it, their station ID. Like if I get, I could go, if I wanted to, I can go and get a billboard and say the, um, it would say the, uh, the Eric Fisk paranormal show Fridays and Saturdays, 9 PM AM 1960. Just throw that out there. Yeah. It's not a real frequency. I don't think it is. Um, that doesn't go, I don't believe it goes up that high. Right. But I'd have to include, I'd have to include their logo, their station, their, 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 their stuff as it were, their their material, their gra- some of their graphic design work. I'd actually have to hire my own graphic designer. I'd have to hire my own. Uh, um, it's a shame you don't know a graphic designer. It really a is. I really, I need, I need to find somebody who has at least two degrees in graphic design and has gone right? to, yeah. And I, and and I was thinking to myself, and it was just like, he's trying to sell me on this idea. And by the way, when I did not commit, I was, I was kind of. It was weird how it was briefly just shown the door. Yeah. It was kind of like, it was sort of like, he like walked me to the door and said, okay, take care. You know, if you have any questions here, call, call the station owner to set up. I'm like, well, who the, who, who were you? Right. (laughs) If I can call the station owner, who the fuck is this guy? Given me great, great ideas on how to get the podcast to the next level. But but here's the here's the, another thing, Jay. We could re, we could record an hour long show. We can we could record an entire MP3 or WAV file. That's exactly an hour long. Mm-hmm. And I I could put it in the in in the commercials. I could put it in like me reading the news. I an hour long. Send it off to them, and they will broadcast it from from that location. And I'm thinking to myself, that might not be a bad idea. Just do it. Just do it. Would that also, if if we're not recording it there, would they would they still charge us to just broadcast? It? Well, they would just charge us just to broadcast it. I think. But how much would that be? Would I that, I'm assuming that wouldn't be the two hundred dollars an hour. I don't know because if you're not using their equipment, I don't know. It seems like the more I think about it, the more I think that that might not be a bad idea if I can actually get the commercials, stitch everything together. Button it up like first thing in the morning or first thing in the afternoon. Send it off for them to air at like nine o'clock at night. Huh? You'd have to find out how much it costs. I mean, yeah, yeah, it would. Like I said, it wouldn't make sense for them to charge the same amount of money if we're not using any of their equipment. Right. But still, I mean, if it's a hundred dollars a week for an hour of broadcast time, but I'd all but you're thinking about. But I'd have to make that money back somehow. Right. Unless I'm filthy rich and I don't care and I'm an egomaniac. If I'm an, if that's the case, I might as well just buy my own radio station. Right. How much would it actually cost to buy an AM radio station? Uh, a fair bit of money, because you've got to go to the you got to get the licensing. Um, you got because the FCC is the one that regulates. Um, what the 
what the like the, the you have to register the call letters you have to reg- register the frequency with the FCC um the FCC actually has regulations on what sort of broadcasting you can do within certain bandwidths sure. so in other words there's a reason why there's a quote unquote dark end of the dial kind of thing right um it would be fairly expressive sure it would be fairly expensive sure but why not <laughs> you know <laughs> hey, if we could afford it Dude. Yeah, I mean, how how exactly do I go to my in-laws saying, listen, I got a great investment opportunity for you. <laughs> right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you want to buy an AM radio station? <laughs> an <laughs> AM radio station? Okay. Yeah, just remember, you can also buy a tattoo of a little boy uh, urinating on both television and FM radio. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Did you ever see Hot Rod? I probably have that because as soon as you said that, Andy, I had, yeah, it's Andy Samberg, and he plays a kid who who believes that his father was a stuntman. So he's a stuntman, and he pulled he performs really, let's face it, infantile stunts. Because <laughs> Andy Samberg, and he went through absolutely no training whatsoever to be able to perform these stunts. It's absolutely hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a, uh, it's the, he, his stepfather is, uh, has a heart problem and he needs surgery to fix something with his heart. Yeah. So he decides, even though he and his stepfather always fight all the time. And when I say fight, I mean, literally fight with like, they use wooden sticks and they go at each other all the damn time. Yep. And um, so he decides he's going to raise the money. And by some miracle, they get an AM radio station to sponsor his stunt. That he's going <laughs> to <do>. <laughs> 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 the surgery. And the owner of the radio station has a tattoo on his chest of a Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes looking child who is pissing in two directions at the same time. And one is uh, broadcast TV and the other one is I forget if it's FM radio or it could be the Internet. I forget something like that. Freaking hilarious. (laughs) But that would that would that would be us. Um, but cause, cause I was thinking about this and Art Bell had the greatest job in the world, whereas it's nobody else was doing his kind of style of radio and people would listen to him. Like if you're driving across the country at night, you would listen to Art Bell with some of the weirdest, strangest things that you could possibly imagine. And some of the, some of his guests were actually kind of convincing because you were in that kind of twilight mode in your mind you got yep. you 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 either are pumped up full of coffee with a little bit of adrenaline and a little bit of exhaustion and you're listening to the weirdest weirdest things you could possibly imagine and somehow it all comes off as just this side of probable and and the idea that he did the, all of this in the comfort of his own home out in the middle of the desert. And for whatever reason, that to me is very seductive. Although our, my home is not out in the middle of the desert. So. No, mine is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, speaking of news that is in an alternate realm of weirdness if you can imagine and how how long was this 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 is earlier this week this is monday morning i believe monday morning i woke up to this news item 
body of New York City attorney reportedly found after shooting a federal judge, Esther Salas's home. What we know. I'm not even sure if that was the new first news story, but that's the one that I passed off to you and Melissa mm-hmm. on our little chat room. And we don't even know what to make of this story other than the fact that this federal judge, Esther Salas, am I pronouncing her name right? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. She is a she is sitting on the bench on a case right now, or she did until this tragedy. The case involves Jeffrey Epstein's Deutsche Bank account. Well, it's the case is actually <clears throat> about Deutsche Bank, and I'm not sure if it started because of Jeffrey Epstein. It's not a Jeffrey Epstein case. It just has connections to Jeffrey Epstein. Right. But that is the first thing that everybody sort of like glammed onto. Yeah. Because Monday morning, I woke up to read this, and... The part of the headline is, you know, federal judge in currently involved in a case that involves Jeffrey Epstein. There was an assassination attempt on her life. Her son is shot and killed. Her husband was crit- critically wounded. Is that a good term to use? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, everybody is speculating like crazy. What does this have to do with Jeffrey Epstein? Um or does it at all? Does it? So what does I didn't I didn't have a chance because I'm moving. I didn't have a chance to look at the um, to read the article about the the lawyer that was found dead right. in his home. Did they find anything? Um, that I, in regards to his motivation. Well, I was going I was going to get to that, but before I do that, well, come on, man, you're making me wait. <laughs> I'm going to just read you some headlines here. Um, New Jersey judge Esther Sales took on Epstein's case just before deadly shooting. Gudman kills son of judge overseeing Deutsche Bank slash Epstein trial. Anti-feminist lawyer, quote, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Washington Post. Quote, anti-feminist, unquote, lawyer identified as a suspect in a deadly shooting in a federal prison's home. Judge Esther Sales assigned to Jeffrey Epstein's Deutsche Bank case four days before husband son shot jeffrey epstein's case u.s federal judge shot dead husband critically wounded so the thing is that there are all of these all of these headlines that somehow want you to connect jeffrey epstein to this killing but let's go back to this washington post article about this anti-feminist lawyer what's his name here are we going to make are we going to accidentally make this guy famous by reading his name Eh, go ahead read it okay Anti-feminist lawyer identified as suspect in deadly shooting at federal judge's home. This is posted, let's see, on the 20th. Federal authorities identified a self-described, quote, anti-feminist, unquote, lawyer found dead Monday as the, quote, primary suspect, unquote, in a shooting at a federal judge's New Jersey home that killed the jurist's son and left her husband badly injured. So the shooter, Roy Den Hollander, is has apparently been going on. I don't even I don't even know how to say this. I don't even know because the thing is is that I'm I'm I, Jesus. Do I even do I even read his Wikipedia page? Roy Den no, yeah. uh, Roy Den Hollander was an American lawyer who specialized in men's rights activism and anti-feminism. He was also a private investigator in Russia and is a suspect of the murders 
of lawyer Mac Argalucci, Daniel Ardental, and the wounding of his father, Mark, and the son and husband, respectively, of U.S. District Judge Esther Salas. So does that, wait a minute, is that the murder of both the husband and son? I'm not sure. That would mean that the husband died. The, um, the wound, because um, the thing is, I'm going to look up this, because the thing is that apparently, um, I think that he shot a, a, another lawyer or another judge and that person's father as well. Okay. So there, there are, there are all of these stories trying to connect this guy to um, trying to connect this guy to all of these other killings here. This, this is, this is like right out of a James Bond novel. When you think about how he did it, he like showed up who shows up at, at somebody's home on a Sunday night dressed as a, FedEx delivery man and shoot somebody up like that. I think that if it was a Sunday night, that would be suspicious. Well, you know, that's what happens when you get hopped up on, uh, on, on, was it adrenochrome and it's been watching James Bond movies all day. Maybe I mean, you, know, you start thinking you're a super spy assassin, man. Absolutely. Do, 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 shoot the judge, <laughs> feminist bitch, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, and the the whole notion that he's a men's rights activist and self-described anti-feminist sort of like okay all right that's it nothing to see here nothing to see here has nothing to do with jeffrey epstein move along move along right so some of these men's right activists are just despicable people oh yeah absolutely absolutely i mean the thing is is that your wife or girlfriend has a hard enough time having to deal with you know um systematic sexism at the workplace and she now she has to also deal with you and your bullshit because right. you don't think that you're getting your fair share of nookie i don't know what to do with that yeah you know if you actually like learn to like fold the laundry and put the dishes away without being told and you know and and massage her feet without her begging you to do that you might actually get some on on occasion i'm just saying <laughs> Just an outside possibility, just throwing out, it out there. Just an outside possibility. You know, the one scent that turns every housewife on, fabric softener. <laughs> What's well, that old joke um, that uh, female porn is actually um, men doing housework? Yeah. <laughs> Feminist porn is watching their husbands doing housework. I'm, I was going to say naked, but I don't even think you have to be naked to do it. I don't. I really don't think they care if you're naked or not. I, I don't think they care. They just they just want it done. Yep, that's yeah. pretty much it. Oh, and by the way, and when Grey's Anatomy is on, you shut your mouth. You shut that. <laughs> you shut that pie hole. <laughs> you don't interrupt Grey's Anatomy. Damn it! You keep your filthy mouth shut when this show is on i don't care how implausible you think this romance is you keep that mouth shut that's right um i'm just great but my wife does not watch gray's anatomy but i know a lot of other women who have that pet peeve yeah. um wow boy did we get off the i know right um so but the thing is is that so this so roy den hollander who went on <sighs> He kind of went on a mini killing spree and he killed, he, he tried to kill this federal judge just cause he's an angry men's rights activist is what I gather. Okay. Yeah. 
what does this have to do with Jeffrey Epstein or does it have anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein at all? Now, Jay's about to say, we don't know. We don't know. We honestly, we honestly don't know. As is the case with a lot of things related to Jeffrey Epstein, we don't know shit. We really don't. And it's, and it's extremely frustrating, especially because, you know, we we're all excited about Ghislaine Maxwell. I haven't heard anything about what she has been able to shed light on anything, if she's been able to shed any light on anything. Yeah. You know, I haven't. It's As far as I know, they arrest her, threw her in jail, and now they're like sitting in a corner, like smoking cigarettes, saying, we're letting her stew. <laughs> well, that brings us to another news item that we wanted to talk about. Um, I don't think that there's nothing to say about um, Ghislaine Maxwell. I think that there's plenty to say about Ghislaine Maxwell about what happened this week. And by the way, I apologize for the sounds of construction going on across the street. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I don't know if the listeners will be able to, but I can't. All right. But that's all that matters is that even 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 though I hear it and I think it might be affecting our audio quality, I still have to apologize. Yeah. Um so one of the one of the things that we um tried to talk about, and by the way, we we Jay and I recorded a special. It's part one of a special that we're going to try and air next week. Okay. I'm talking about the the, the frazzle drip episode, Jay. Okay, yeah. Okay, and one one of the things that Jay and I had talked about in this special, or part one of the special, is that one of the biggest news items from last week, which ties everything together, is that Ghislaine Maxwell says she has copies of everything. She has copies of every sex tape Jeffrey Epstein ever made hidden somewhere. So I don't... He, any anyone he's ever recorded. Okay. So it's not just ones with him. Supposedly she's got copies of everything he's ever recorded. Like we know his New York um his New York mansion, for example. We know that thing was just wired for sound and video. Right. So, you know, supposedly she says she's got copies of all of that. Right. And and what you, and what you don't what you don't know is cuz you are so busy moving around. You are you're moving to a new location. Mm-hmm. What what I don't think that you have one of the thing one of the biggest bombshells this week within the last 5 hours of recording this. From ABC News, judge to rule on unsealing records in defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell. There, there are sealed records surrounding a defamation case against Ghislaine Maxwell that I believe that were seal, that was settled and sealed. As, defamation. As Ghislaine Maxwell, this is from ABC News. As Ghislaine Maxwell sits in a federal detention center in Brooklyn, New York, facing allegations that she conspired with the late Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse three minor girls, a federal judge in Manhattan is set to announce her decision Thursday morning whether to make a pu- make public a batch of sealed court documents from a civil lawsuit against Maxwell that settled three years ago. The court filings in the case, a civil defamation suit filed by Virginia Roberts Gouffre against Maxwell in 2015, set, are said to contain, contain the names of hundreds of people, some, of, some famous, some not, who socialized, traveled, and worked with Epstein over the span of more than a decade. The late financier has previously been linked to a 
That's a weird French word. Cotier <laughs> of high profile. Coterie. Coterie. Coterie of high profile business leaders, scientists, royalty, and politicians, including former President Bill Clinton and current President Bill, um, Donald Trump. Attorney for Attorneys for Maxwell asked the judge prior to Maxwell's arrest, to keep the records under steel, arguing that the public interest in the documents is outweighed by privacy considerations and the potential impact a release of the documents could have on the criminal investigations targeting alleged accomplices to Epstein. Their privacy is more important than whether or not they face justice for Paying. Well, they said more than more than just their privacy. They're worried about the impact that this exposure would have on everything else. Is that, is what you said. That's not so, an that's not an unfair observation or criticism, but still, it is. I don't I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, yeah it's this whole situation is just really. I, I don't even I don't even know how to articulate it. This this whole thing it's infuriating. It's fascinating. It's. Um, it's just one of those one of those situations where we have no idea what is going on. So anything that we learn becomes titillating as a result for the just purely due to the lack of information. Absolutely. I mean, we all know there's something more happening here. There's more and more there. There's more going exactly. on there. But it seems like the people in charge don't care. It's like, well, it's almost as if they're playing this game, whereas it's like, let's see how long we can drag this out and maybe people will forget about it. Or let's drag this out and make it just so absolutely, totally painful to get any information. The American public will be distracted from some other shiny object. Right. You know, till the till the next reality show or, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. Right. Or hey, you know what? Um, oh, I know. Uh, let's let's talk about Kanye West having a mental breakdown um, during his presidential campaign, and let's let you know. Let's focus on that. Let's let's turn our attention towards that because th- this is this is like this news item is just so slow. We're not able to get any titillating little tidbits out of this, and 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 we're bored with it now. Let, let's let's move on to Kanye West. Don't you want to talk right, about Kanye he's, West? He's he's always good for a laugh. That guy. Come oh, on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but um, I, I. This is this ruling that could be made between now and the time that I actually put this up on the server might blow the case wide open. And keeping in mind that people are freaking out because Donald Trump had said in regards to a question related to Ghislaine Maxwell, I wish her well. <laughs> or <laughs> what, how exactly did he phrase it? Yeah. Um, how exactly? Um, I, I saw this this morning when I got up to hell. Just the just the words. Wait a second, dude. Today's yeah. your birthday, isn't it? Oh, is that today? I don't fucking know. I, I know it's somewhere around now. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I I don't want my birthday to be the focus of the podcast. No, uh, that's fine. That's okay. fine. Okay. So yeah, I wish her well is what he said. Yeah, I, 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 I wish her well. I, I I I wish her well. Yeah. Um, and people are sort of in, interpreting that, including Seth Meyers, saying that um, they, that's that's a master stroke. Just saying, oh, I wish her well. And of course, people yeah. people are going to try and t- interpret what he means by that. Right. What What do you mean by that? What 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 What? Exactly. I mean, 
some news media seem to be representing it as proof that he's really close friend, personal friends with, or he was close personal friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, some people are trying to push it as, you know, even though he said he broke ties with them uh, years ago, he reality is he didn't. You know, people are trying to push their own political agenda on it. And Trump being Trump, I'm sure, whether or not he has, he's saying it just to fuck with the media. Oh, I'm that's sure. The kind of, that's the kind of guy he is. Oh, I'm sure that's what he's doing. I'm, I'm absolutely totally positive that that's what he's doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have, I, have, I have no doubt in my mind that he is out to screw with people. He has, especially the media, oh, especially the media. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's no there's no way that you could look at what he's trying to say. He's trying. He's he's basically like, OK, how, how can I yank their chain? Because here's the thing that I don't understand about people insisting that somehow Donald Trump is stupid. I don't think Donald Trump is stupid. I think he's nefarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the people that didn't like Obama. Right. They will in one breath say he's an idiot who doesn't know what he's doing. And then next breath, next breath, say that he's a master manipulator. And it's like, all right, well, those two things are incompatible. And it's the same thing with Trump derangement syndrome. Right. Right. When Obama was president, a lot of people on the right had Obama derangement syndrome. Right. You know, they couldn't credit him with anything unless they were crediting him with something that was so nefarious that he would have to be a fucking genius to pull it off. Right. You know, and that's a shame because what's that say? That says more about the people saying it than it does about the person on the other side. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Uh, and I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you other than the fact that it was just like I, I'm shocked at how well he's able to get underneath people's skin. It is kind of impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I never liked Trump. I never liked Trump. You know, when he let's he's been in the public eye for many years, Jesus, decades, early even. 80s even. Yeah. And I never really cared for him. I really didn't. Just as a person, he was just always, to me, he was always, eh, whatever, you know? And now that he's president, you know, which there's a part of me that's like, how the fuck did we end up with him as president? But whatever. Now that he's president, he just seems to be enjoying the fact that he has a news conference every fucking day. He can say whatever the hell he wants and everyone is going to find out about it, you know? And to him, that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you crazy? And he's enjoying the fact that he makes people crazy. He makes people nuts. He enjoys that. And, and I don't even know where to where to begin. You're talking about um, whether whether or not he's he's crazy or not, or whether well, yeah, I guess maybe he is a little crazy. But he, I don't think he's stupid. You know, I people talk about how he has not been, and this is getting way off track here. People talk about how he has blundered the handling of the COVID crisis. I don't I don't think that he blundered it because he doesn't take the virus seriously. I think he's more concerned about the economy. And it's like if people get sick, they get sick. So, yeah, okay, what, what do you want me to do about it? Right. Which you got to expect from someone who is like Trump. I mean, Trump is a capitalist. One of, you know, one of the things he's like people die every day. One of the he's th- not going to he's not going to freak out overly much about people dying. Sorry, go ahead. One of the things that struck me in one of his books that I read when I was following his TV show, The Apprentice, 
Donald Trump wrote in his book, I'm not sure which one, I think it's Think Like a Billionaire. I might be wrong. He never takes time off for work. And he says he's never been... He never takes time off from work? He never, work? He, he never takes... Uh, let me rephrase that. He never takes time off from work because he's sick. He'll take time off for a vacation. He'll take a weekend to go skiing or whatever it is that he does. Obviously, he takes time off for golf. Obviously. Oh, clearly, clearly. Okay. But he bragged in his book how he never takes time off because he's sick. And he thinks that if you take time off for being sick, that's a sign of weakness. You're a weak person. You're fake news if you take time off because you're sick. Okay? Yeah. That's his mentality. He, oh, and he never gets sick. He wills it away. He is, he is such a strong character, he's able to wish the flu virus away. Anyone who's read one of his books has got to realize the level of egotism that this guy has. You have no idea how egotistical... How can how can you write a, a, a book or how can you dictate a book to your ghost writer? 360 some odd pages of me, 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 me. And actually, the more you do that, the more you sound like him. Yeah. You know, so I was uh, mind boggling. So I was thinking in the shower the other day, how can I how can I kill the Stormy Daniels bitch? I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. Don't write that down. I, I was thinking that to myself. I didn't actually say that. No, I'm not admitting that I think about killing Sumi Daniels. <laughs> Although if I did, they would have saved me some money. Right. That whore, I paid her. Yeah, exactly. It's not a big deal. It's prostitution. It's not a big deal. I do it all the time. Like my friend Bill. Um, um, but... In, in, but in terms of like his handling of this COVID crisis, the truth of the matter is, I don't honestly think President Hillary Clinton would have handled it any differently. Oh, I mean, this is this because they're all being they're all getting the same advice from the same advisors when it comes to things like this. No, you're the, yeah. People are making hay of the fact that you know Andrew Fauci is is a genius or whatever, and it's like okay. He's the same guy who was advising President Ronald Reagan about AIDS. Yeah. Okay. And so if you're not, if you look at people and turn your nose at people when they talk about the unelected bureaucracy in the federal government. Yeah. Andrew Fauci, here he is 30, what, 30 some odd years later. Right. Advising another president about another disastrous outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that, well, anyway. We've, yeah. we've gotten so far off the topic here, it's not even funny. Our regular listeners are like, yeah, we know. Yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> that happens. That absolutely happens. One of the things that we wanted to talk about is this one other news item here. God damn, there are so many. For, there are so many. World keeps turning, man. Oh, by the, by the way, before, before, we, before we move on from Trump, mm -hmm. Wayne Poe asked this question. Because I posted this, obviously, this obvious question, what did this, what did this federal judge who had the assassination attempt on her life, what did she know about Jeffrey Epstein, the Hillary Clinton money laundering connection? Right. And, she, and he and, and Wayne asked, it's so funny that the right wants to paint Clinton as, in, as incompetent, then relegate her to this emperor-like being or on par with Putin on killing her enemies. If any of this was remotely true, why is Trump still alive? 
Okay, so here's the problem with that, right? Look at the people that Clinton has been accused of killing, right? Uh, what's his name? Foster that shot himself in the back of the head twice. Yeah. Um, just there was just a number of people, right? First of all, every single one of those people died under sus- at best yeah. suspect circumstances. Right. Second of all, they had shady ties, not with the Clintons, but with a lot of people. Right. All right. So it's easy to see conspiracy among politicians, especially, but public figures in general for whom you have a strong dislike. Yep. It's easy to see them involved in a conspiracy. Right. Now, if you take someone out like, uh, what's his name? Dick Foster. Vince Foster. Vince Foster. If you take out Vince Foster, it's going to be a news story item. For maybe a few hours, and mostly on your political opponent's favorite news channel. Right. You take out someone like Donald Trump, especially because you got to remember the Clintons and Trumps were friends until Donald Trump decided to run against Hillary, which I still think was a bet between him and Bill. But anyway, we still we have on the show page a picture from Donald Trump's latest wedding palling around with the Clintons. With all of right. their arms around each other. Yeah, they're they're all getting drunk and having a good time, you know? So if by the time he was an enemy, if Hillary Clinton was capable of ordering a hit on somebody, that would be a really, really difficult one to pull off. Not in order to actually accomplish it, but there would be a federal investigation mandated by the fact that that person was protected by the Secret Service. And the Secret Service, you can say a lot of things about the Secret Service, but the last president to get assassinated was JFK. And there's a lot of people that suspect the Secret Service was involved with that and let it happen. Oh, we've done so many episodes of the podcast on this topic in particular. Right. And there's and from everything that I know, God, I'm looking at this picture and it's scary as fuck. <laughs> God, that is a fucking disturbing picture. Fuck, that's disturbing. Is that the one of the Clintons that... Donald Trump's wedding? Yeah. Fuck, that's disturbing. She's wearing a yellow dress. Hillary's wearing a yellow dress. And it almost looks like Trump's about to grab her boob. He's pointing at Bill, saying, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all yeah. they're all happy, close friends. You know, that's that's not a that's not a just a publicity stunt. Yeah, no, they're obviously good friends. And so, and whenever Hillary Clinton says anything about Donald Trump, that's just that that, that you know how how awful and what a horrible man he is. Just remember this picture here. My yeah. my entire um my answer to this question to Wayne Poe's question is that Donald Trump is doing exactly what the deep state and the oligarchs want him to do. He's doing everything just the way they want him to do. Not with the same nuance, not with the same, well, not with the class, not with the inclusiveness. He's getting the job done that the deep state wants him to do. I don't, I don't think the oligarchs, the people who own this country and run this country, give a a wit about old confederate statues riots um oh no they don't they, they, they don't care don't. they don't and you know oh by all means burn those cities down because we are going to make a fortune on the contracts to rebuild those cities by all means burn those to the ground well not only that but you you've got to remember if you want to go full-on conspiracy theorists which i do how <laughs> How are you going to recreate the United States? You destroy all of the institutions. Yeah. Look at some of the statues they're tearing down. They're, they, they tore down a statue of Abraham fucking Lincoln yeah. 
in the name of anti-racism. Right. The great emancipator. Yep. And there's a lot of people out there who will tell you Abraham Lincoln once owned slaves. I... And it's like, okay, show me the proof. Show me the evidence of Abraham Lincoln owning slaves. Yeah. But the people who wrote Hamilton, for example, got a lot of flack because Alexander Hamilton at one point um, brokered a slave trade for his father-in-law. Right. But Alexander Hamilton did not own slaves. And Alexander Hamilton, at least to my recollection, was an abolitionist. He was for eliminating slavery. And, you know, and then there's people that want to tear down statues of George Washington because he was a slave owner. George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, too. Now, Thomas Jefferson wrote the goddamn Declaration of Independence. Yeah. He and John Adams wrote a good chunk of the Constitution, right? And you want to eliminate that because of something that was common worldwide at the time. Yeah. That's a thing that a lot of people forget. A lot of people like to kind of pretend that the United States was the only country in the world that ever practiced slavery, that the United States was the last country in the world to eliminate slavery and make it illegal, both of which are false. Yeah, yeah demonstrably slavery, false. Exactly. Slavery still exists today. It still exists today. In England, they still had surf to the early 20th century. Yeah, they didn't call them that. But when you're not paying, when you're paying someone a a wage that they essentially cannot afford to live on their own, and they have to stay in your home and do what you want, that's a surf. That's a surf. So you know, all of these people, especially the Europeans, it, it fucking pisses me off when the Europeans get on their their goddamn high horses and start saying shit about America. It's like, okay, first of all, your ass has taught us all of this racism shit. Mm-hmm. You know, the Native Americans had no practice of scalping until they were hired to do so by the Europeans. And it is now indelibly linked with Native Americans, even though it was European practice for fucking centuries, if not millennia, before the, they found the New World. Right. You know, so Europe can suck it as far as I'm concerned. They're a bunch of elitist assholes who are trying to make us look bad because they're still butthurt over the fact that we kicked their asses centuries ago, you know? And yeah, I know. I know. I know. Tell me what you really think. Don't mince words. (laughs) But it just, this is the thing that pisses me off. And now you've got these activists. Now, anyone who thinks any of these riots and these statues are being torn down by BLM, that's what the rioters want you to think. There's too much evidence out there of actual BLM activists trying to stop the rioters that I don't believe BLM has anything to do with this. I actually have a lot more respect for BLM now than I did even last year because they have realized that the way to make effective change is not through doing stupid shit. You've got to be smart about what you're doing and you've got to be effective at what you're doing. And the activists, the BLM activists who truly want change are working against the rioters, not with them. Speaking These rioters yeah. are nothing but opportuni- opportunistic, just anarchists. They want to tear everything down. Now, they may have some political talking points that agree with some things that BLM says, but that's more coincidence than actual planned out. They see an opportunity for a cause that they kind of agree, think they agree with that anyway. Yeah. And they're taking advantage of it to just burn shit to the ground. Speaking of burning shit to the ground and really doing a number on the Constitution, we have not talked about this news item, even though that it has been pretty predominant in the news, at least since July 17th. 
This is from NPR. Federal officers used unmasked vehicles to grab people in Portland, DHS confirms. Department of Homeland Security. So the the news that people are being swept up off the street by federal agents is something that I think is very concerning, especially when these people, by the way, we have, we have, um, we actually have somebody in the audience waving and wanting to let us know that we're doing a great job. Woo-hoo. So glad that you are a fan of the show. Yeah. Gave me, he gave me the, like your number one symbol. <laughs> Sarcasm. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> So it is now confirmed that federal agents in unmarked vehicles are driving up and down the street, abducting protesters and detaining them indefinitely. Oh, really? Indefinitely? That's so This has been happening for, for several weeks now? We've, it's been happening for at least, let's see, how, how, many day, how many weeks has it been since the 17th? It's been at least a week, right? Uh, yeah, tomorrow it will be a whole week. That we yeah, know of. Yeah. And if the thing is, if they reported this on July 17th, we know that this has been happening for much longer than that. Right. Or we can assume that safely anyway. Yeah. And I, and I, and I hear your neighbors playing with our toys again. Yes. Yes. They do love to do that. That doesn't happen at the new house. Oh. Anyway, continue. I'm actually going to miss that though. <laughs> you know, part of me is going to as well, but I can always, I mean, it's a 20 minute drive and I can have my ears blown out again and go, oh yeah, that's why. I, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> so let's see. In Reuters or Reuters, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, court documents reveal secretive federal units deployed for Operation Diligent Valor in Oregon. Hey, you know what? Operation Diligent Valor sounds like a great title for an episode of our podcast. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to name this episode of the podcast. From from Reuters, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has deployed more than 100 federal agents in Portland, Oregon, on a mission named Operation Diligent Valor to patrol government buildings as anti-racism protests flared this month court documents show the documents filed on tuesday helped shed light on what had been a secretive operation that involved days of violent clashes between unidentified federal law enforcement officers and anti-racist protests outside a federal courthouse the operation has involved the department of homeland security rapid deployment force it stepped up its responses to increasingly violent attacks in Oregon, in the Oregon, Oregon city on July 4th, the day after a group of people broke into a courthouse, according to the affidavit by Federal Protective Services, FPS, Regional Director Gabriel Russell. The affidavit okay, was... So yep. A couple of things to bear in mind here. Oh, this also, okay. by the way, I just have to inject here also... This also involves the U.S. Marshal Service. I don't know why that's important, but I had to get that in there for for a later reference. Okay, so a couple of things to bear in mind about this, right? Yep. Trump basically gave an order to the states and said, look, you need to start cleaning your shit up or I'm going to send the federal government in to clean your shit up for you. 
Okay. Yep. As the nation's top executive, it is honestly part of his job to maintain order within the confines of the country. As a small government conservative, allegedly, he should be giving the states time to take care of things on their own. Now, this has been going on for, what, a month? Yep. And a lot of state governments are telling their law enforcement to step down and let it go. Okay. So Trump is kind of betraying his ideals here. He should be working behind the scenes. He, he very well may be, but we don't know. He should be talking to the governors and being like, look, you take care of this shit or I'm cutting off your federal funding, period. Right. Any state or city that has stood down, they're told their police force to stand down, is not getting any federal funding until they get these riots under control. That's what, that's what he should be doing, and he's not. However, they broke into a federal building these rioters. Did. Right. That means the federal government is responsible for that security. So sending, honestly, sending in the National Guard or special forces groups to break this shit up is within his authority. And one could argue within his mandate as president. OK, yeah. yes. the fact that these riots have been going on for a fucking month and a lot of these cities and states not have not only not done anything about it, but are tacitly encouraging it, sometimes even actively encouraging it. But just by telling the fact tell, that they're telling their law enforcement to stand down and let it go. As I understand it, when the Seattle police retook Capitol Hill, it was not because the mayor or the governor told them to. As I understand it, that was something that the chief of police decided, OK, this is ridiculous. We can't let this go on. This is this is fucking ridiculous. And they moved in and took it back. And it took them like two hours yeah to get it back which goes to show you that the only reason why all of this is continuing to happen is because the people in charge are letting it happen okay so the federal government stepping in and defending a federal courthouse should first of all come as a surprise to no one and if it was president trump parenthetical d after his name Everyone would be applauding, and our view of these riots would have no positive connotations whatsoever, right? It's funny you should say that, Jay. Funny you should say that. The ACLU published this for immediate release on December 31st, 2011. President Obama signs indefinite detention bill into law. And, and I quote, Washington, President Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, into law today. The statute, yes. When he signed it, didn't we? The, yeah. The statute contains a sweeping worldwide indefinite detention provision, while President Obama issued a signing statement said that he had, quote, serious reservations, quote, unquote, about the provision, the statement only applies to how his administration would use the authorities granted by the NDAA and would not affect how the law is interpreted by sub subsequent administrations. The White House had threatened to veto an earlier version of the NDAA, but revised course shortly before Congress voted on the final bill. Okay, so... The, yep. Hold on. The first of all, the NDAA was first passed in 1961. So the NDAA is actually a series of federal laws that gets passed. Right. Um, and then it's largely known. It's on. It says right here on the Wikipedia page. Right. In recent years, each NDAA also includes provisions only peripheral, peripherally related to the Defense Department, because unlike most other bills. 
the NDAA is sure to be considered and passed so legislators attach other bills to it. Yep. So they piggyback shit on this all the damn Oh, time. yeah, absolutely. So this is the one for 2016, right? Because it was the last year that... No, it was... What I just read from you was from two, uh, 2011. Oh. Yeah. So it's a tw- the Yikes Skelton National Defense Authorization Act. I'm not sure if that's the right one, but I guess. I guess so, okay. Let me look. Uh, there's a law passed by Barack Obama January of 2011. So if that article is after January 7th of 2011, then this is the one they're talking yeah. about. And the Wikipedia page has literally three sentences. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, three sentences. Yeah. That's all it's sorry, Jay. So it's, it's so was originally HR fifty one thirty six. Purpose is to authorize funding for the defense of the U.S. in interest of broad military construction, national security related energy programs. So no mention on Wikipedia about no. indefinite detention. Continue. Sorry. All right. No, because because this is like the gift that keeps on giving. The NDAA is a big, huge gift to the federal government. To the federal government. To detain people for whatever reasons they deem necessary. And when the Patriot Act was first talked about and implemented in September 11th, there were so many people out there who said, this is a really dangerous, slippery slope here. Right. This. And what's that What's that old adage? You and I talked about this back when fucking Clinton was president. And the old adage is that you don't ever want to authorize the government for something that you don't want your political opponents to have right. at that level of power. Just the, the idea that they have a tool that they can use to abduct you not tell any members of your family you're 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 not entitled to a lawyer they can hold you for as long as they want for any charges that they want and there's nothing that you can do about it because of this anti-terrorism bill that they passed and a lot of people back in 2001 and the years after 2001 would say, "What do you care? You're not a terrorist. You're you're not you're not an Islamic terrorist flying airplanes into buildings. You're not an Islamic terrorist who's going yep. to th- um, uh, threaten to blow up Times Squares with a uh, um, uh, with a with a vest bomb. You yeah. don't you don't you're not a, you're not a terrorist. And one of the things that I had said that really pissed off a lot of my conservative friends is that what's going to happen when they start." redefining what a terrorist is what is what's a terrorist and they thought i was crazy oh and by the way ray if you're still listening this is what the fuck i was talking about <laughs> i wonder i wonder ray do you remember this conversation that we had in in, in your backyard over this because i sure as hell do what happens when they start redefining what it is to be a terrorist what does it mean to be a domestic terrorist Oh, they'll never, ever use this against protesters here in the United States. They would never do that. That would be un-American. No, no Democrat or no Republican president would ever dare use this against American citizens. They'd only right. use this against illegal immigrants or they'd only use this against people who have overstayed their visas or people who have suspicious or um, subversive activities. December 2010, I was questioned over subversive activities on the internet. Surprise. Yeah, I know, right? Here we are. I didn't say anything because I'm like, okay, that's not news. <laughs> it's, 
And here's the, here's the thing that makes me sick. Whenever I say, God, I hope I'm wrong about this. I hope I'm wrong. I'm usually right. I, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be right about this. But the thing is, is like if they can, if they can arrest you, if they can pick you up off the street and arrest you for, going, for, for just walking in the general direction of a protest, who's to say somebody's not going to abduct a, a podcaster eight o'clock at night on his way to his car after, after working a shift at the local um, factory? See, now you and I are Cold War kids. We grew up in the Cold War, right? So for us, this is reminiscent of things that we heard Russia doing. Oh, yeah. Breaking into homes, stealing people, um, throwing them in prison somewhere where they're never heard from again. Now, I don't know how much truth there is to this in terms of like they're being held indefinitely. All right. Because as far as I know, the only people who can be held without representation for an extended period of time in that extended period of time, 48 hours, are people accused of, of terrorism, whether it's domestic or international is irrelevant. If you're accused of terrorism... They can hold you for, I believe it's up to 14 days before they are required to allow you to speak with at least a lawyer. As I understand the law, and I could be very wrong on this, I have no idea. I haven't looked into it in quite a few years, actually. So if they are doing this, it is unconstitutional and it is illegal. But I need proof before I say they're definitely doing this. Do I think Trump is capable of it? Yes. Trump is capable of being a dictator. He absolutely is. That is not that, new. That's not new. A new revelation on my part or anything. I said that a while ago. Yeah. Trump and Clinton both had potential to be have the potential to become dictators. Oh yeah, and, and Bush. I think I don't think uh, Bush forty the Bush forty three the second Bush. I don't think he had the potential to be a dictator. I don't think Obama had the potential to be a dictator. Um, although if Obama did have inclinations towards that, remember it was. Six weeks, I think, into Obama's first term in office when there was a Democrat who was trying to push a bill through that would suspend the, was it 23rd Amendment, the one right. that limits a president to two terms? 22nd. 22nd, thank it's you. It's funny how I know that right off the top. Right. But I, re I remember someone pushing that bill. I distinctly remember. And it was ridiculously short into Obama's tenure as president. He hadn't even done anything yet. He, did, he, he hadn't, hadn't even... Yeah, exactly. They hadn't even pushed through the Affordable Care Act yet. Yeah. You know, but they were trying to do it. Now, it's a damn good thing Obama did not have inclinations toward dictatorship because he had such a rabid following that they would have followed him blindly. Oh, absolutely. Like 1936 Germany did with Hitler. T-Mobile is a proud sponsor of the Federal Chronicles <laughs> radio show. My kids have a dentist appointment today. So oh, okay. They, they should be on their way. How much? I'm just wondering. They're, they're, I, just, I just wonder how, how much longer we have. How much longer do we oh, have? Huh? I, I I have all fucking day. Oh, I, 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 just, I just. Well, la ti da <laughs> must be nice. Um, <laughs> because um, on top of this, I have like I, I have a couple of other things that I need to do today. Um, even even I mean, listen, even though it, it is my birthday, I still have a honeydew list that I have to do. Um, oh, yeah. But the welcome we, to adulthood. We yeah, we have so many of these other news items that we wanted to get to. I just wanted to do. Um, I wanted to end the show mm -hmm. talking about the other sort of behind the scenes thing that's going on here on the Fedora Chronicles. Um, every once in a while, I get a little piece of mail, and somebody says you should talk about this on the podcast. 
And I want to just get your take on this. And I appreciate that. And it's not hard to find out where we are. It's not yeah. hard to find out how, how, to, how to find us. And we are slowly becoming the voice of disenfranchised nerds, as it were. And there are a lot of people who seem to think that we are a voice. We, we are a, a voice in their chorus in trying to share with the rest of the world their concerns and worries. A couple a short while ago, somebody had sent me on a on a CD on a CD-ROM, an old CD-ROM, proof and evidence that Monsanto knew that Roundup caused cancer years before it was disclosed. Proof? He said he he had sent me a disc that allegedly has proof that Monsanto knew Roundup caused cancer years before the rest of the the media got a hold of this. Now, Roundup was that the fertilizer, or was that the the, the, uh, the, the weed killer, the bug killer, the weed killer, weed killer, weed okay. killer? Yeah. Um, and we were we were going to we were going to say something about this. We were actually going going to do something about. It. We were actually going to actually actually talk about this until whoever this whistleblower was got cold feet and said, don't do it for whatever reason. And I have the discs locked away somewhere, somewhere safe, as it were. Um, it, it, it's, it's, look, and it's not a big deal now. Monsantos has admitted their fault. Um, they're now settling. They now have a son. If, 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 if you believe that you have um, acquired cancer, if you've acquired, like you don't catch ca- cancer, Eric. If you have cancer and you think it might have something to do with Roundup, there's a hotline that you can call and you can you can get be compensated. And um, people are are calling Monsanto's to task now. Most recently, somebody has sent me a letter explaining to me their views on what's going on with these protests and how these protests that we Jay and I were just talking about how these protests and what we see is a part of a systematic plan to undermine and dismantle the United States and Western civilization in general. And this is like, and this is from an, an, an anonymous source. A lot of what is being said in this document makes a lot of sense. So this isn't some crazy manifesto. This is just some person, guy or girl, whoever, who's looking at things like, you know, if you look at it from this perspective, this could be what's going on. Yes. Or at I, least I, that's what they believe. Right. They believe that's what's going on. Right. And the thing is, it, it, it is that, um, and I'd like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get this person on the podcast and get, and, 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 and how did you, how did you figure this out? How did, how did, how did, how were you able to piece, where did you get, and also, where did you get some of this information? Now, I haven't read the letter, but I've seen a number of um, posts on like Facebook, and I've had emails sent to me of people that postulate the same thing. So this is not a new, neither new nor unique perspective that is being presented right that being said um when you look at it with a certain mindset it makes sense when you look at it with another mindset it comes across as very it's very borderline conspiracy right it's borderline conspiracy theorist stuff yes um it really is and the thing to me is 
what makes it what makes it conspiracy theory is that at least if I again I haven't read that letter that you're talking right. about, but when you're talking about coronavirus being an engineered virus that was intentionally released to have this effect on America, right. that to me is where you enter the conspiracy theory thing. And, and don't think for a minute I believe that. I completely no, 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 no. right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying that. In general, like I said, you can look at it from a certain mindset and be like, okay, this makes sense. But then there's aspects that I've seen, at least in other ones that talk about similar thoughts that do enter into that conspiracy theory sort of, okay, now you've taken a step beyond what I believe to be acceptable for thought. Because, you know, you can see... You can see the civil unrest, you know, also if there's a single organization behind this, that smacks of conspiracy to me. Right. Um, I just don't believe there is any organization, singular organization that has the level of influence that would be required to accomplish everything that is being accomplished. So I doubt there's an organization behind it. There may be a certain mindset that contributes right. to that on a grand scale. That I can believe, but in terms of, you know, a, a shadowy organization that is planning and plotting all of this, yeah, no, no, that's where you're, that's where you're smoking something you need to start sharing. You know what I mean? But I understand where this person is coming from. Right. I understand this person, this person, this person who I respect to a very large extent sent me these letters asking me to read them and and talk about what I think about what he or she wrote on the podcast. And I totally agree with this person. Based on what we've talked about in this episode alone, they are taking advantage of the situation. They are exploiting the situation to move the ball forward so that the oligarchs or the elite who run this country are going to get what they want. This isn't a Republican thing. This isn't a Democrat thing. This is above partisan politics. This is right, and that's where you're. That's where you get into the shadow government. Right. right. You uh, keep referring to them as the oligarchs, but other conspiracy theorists may refer to them as the the shadow government that exists. I just like the which way is essentially right. Well, it's essentially all the unelected bureaucrats. No, I just it's really I, what it is in reality. I just like the way the word oligarch comes off my off my tongue and out my mouth. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I just I like. Well, plus I, it also has connotations. Oh, absolutely. It does have it does have a lot of connotations and insinuations behind right. it that just you know right. tickle tickle our fancy. But I, I'm I'm just right. clarifying that you know depending on who's president, you've got the kooks on the right and the left that believe in this, and some of these quote unquote kooks are not necessarily as off the mainstream as you might think. Because the thing is, is that remember, there was a woman by the name of, quote, Crazy Mary, unquote, who used to run away and escape the Brattleboro retreat and said that people were performing experiments on her with drugs like LSD. And right. and then and then the bombshell released that there was the MK Ultra was a is is a real thing. And you, you you have this one person who is sending me letters from an undisclosed location who is telling me this situation is being exploited by the people who want to turn this country away from being a democracy to an oligarchy. 
or a techno-oligarchy and wants to exploit the riots as a means of getting there. Who's to say that five years from now there's not going to be um, Operation BLM or something like that? And it turns out right. oh, it's true. It's absolutely totally true. Um, we also have an, in August um, to celebrate or commemorate um, the Exeter UFO convention that we're not able to go to thanks to COVID. Yeah. Another whistleblower had sent me an email talking about experimental aircraft. And when you read this, you need to determine where did this experimental aircraft come from? How did they get this technology? And it's, and this is also from a reliable source, somebody who does not want to come forward. And Right. Look at, look at everyone that's come forward, especially when you're talking about sudden leaps in technological advances. Um, it's funny to me because like in, in modern day, and when I say modern day, I really mean since like the 1950s. We don't credit single individuals with giant leaps in technology, right? Now, we'll credit individuals with the spread of that technology, but we don't credit them with the creation of that technology. Steve Jobs was a hell of a salesman, but he didn't invent personal computing. Neither did Bill Gates. They basically created a market, which is a sales function. It is not a creation of technology function. Computers, computers in one form or another had been around long before they came about, right? We don't have a modern-day Nikola Tesla. We don't. We don't have a modern-day um, uh, Edison. We don't have that. We don't have a modern-day Da Vinci. Our world, the way it's set up right now, stifles the creation of that sort. And well, the creation and encouragement of that sort of towering intellect and creativity. Our world has no place for it. There's no way someone who is capable of doing and creating new technologies like that can come out without them being portrayed as some sort of crazy lunatic. So anyone who talks about having, you know, knowing where these technologies come from and saying it's anything other than a government funded program, look how they get branded, look yeah. how they get treated. So I can understand someone being reluctant to 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 put their name forward as in, in ties to that. You know what I mean? No, I absolutely, totally, uh, totally agree that people are just like, I'm afraid of reaching out. I'm afraid of saying something public about this. But wait a minute, here's this guy in New Hampshire who has a podcast with his friend in Utah, and they're, yep. not, they're not afraid to talk about it. We are becoming the voice of... The the, the 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 disenchanted or the or the disenfranchised yeah i the disenfranchised what though that's that i think is <laughs> well that i think is is on us to kind of you know we try and 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 do research and sort through if people send us things and like all right is this worth talking about something that is plausible is this something that is possible and plausibility and possibility are two separate things so you know i i think we're trying to be as responsible with it as we possibly can you know we're not just going to be hey send us something and we'll talk about it on the on our podcast you know we are going to look into it right you know simply because if it doesn't make sense to us we're not going to talk about it. Or if we do, it will not be in flattering terms. It would be more right. Like, Dude, check this shit out. Right. <laughs> this is what I just say. If you have something interesting that you want us to talk about on a future episode of the podcast, send it along, Chronicle at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you. And because the thing is, is like, I sort of feel as if we started something that we have to finish. We have to see it all the way through. And yeah. there are a lot of people who... 
um, they have no, they have nowhere else to go. They have no, nobody else to talk to. And they have this information that they don't think that they have this information that they want to share and they don't know how to go about it without calling attention to themselves. We've already been tainted. We've already been targeted. <laughs> so why, why not? Why not just go for it? You know? <laughs> yeah. And when we say, when we say targeted, we know under no uncertain terms that we are on government watch lists. Oh, absolutely. So, no, oh, no, we've been told. You know? <laughs> this, there is no question yeah. involved here. Yeah. This is not a, oh, we think we are yeah. or no, we sure we are. We know beyond any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> there is... The people in the government are the ones telling you that. You tend to believe them. Yeah, listen, by the way, we need to talk about, you know... Um, <laughs> And there, but and it, it, this is like one of those things where it's like I, I wish, I, I, I wish that we had started this sooner. I really do. So, yeah. um, so just sort of to wrap this up to our, our letter writer, um, thanks for sending that along, and we're going to be talking about this in in further detail in a, in a future episode. Um, and just for the rest of you, if you have something that you want us to address, you have some. You want to disclose something? I know. Jesus, I know. I, I, I know that we're opening Pandora's box here when I say this. <laughs> if if you'd like us to be your voice of disclosure, send it along, and we will do everything we can to vet it, and we will be honest with you and tell you tell you what we think, and and go from there. So with that with that said, Jay, it's um, congratulations on your new house. I cannot I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see your recording space. Mm-hmm. And then go from there. Sounds fantastic. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, fedorachronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Fedora Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Fedora Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. <laughs>